another one. Um, today, I have the pleasure of introducing you guys to my former roommate, Austin Aaron. Uh, Austin and I were roommates my freshman year when I first got to Cal. He used to be on the football team, but it wasn't sitting right on his mental, so he took some steps and, and decided to part ways with the football team. Since then, he decided to transition into modeling and acting, and um, actually got a part on the hit Netflix TV show, 13 Reasons Why, and is a recurring character on the show. Um, so you get to hear him talk about that transition um, and what it's like to be an actor on a hit TV show. So uh, without further ado, I give you guys Austin Aaron. So I'm here today with my first college roommate, uh, former Cal football player, now commercial and TV actor, um, Austin Aaron. So how, how are we doing today, Austin? I'm doing fantastic. It's just a lovely day in Berkeley, California. Good to be here. So I mentioned that you are a former Cal football player um, and recent Cal graduate. Congratulations on uh, that. Yes. Sociology, um, let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, but I want to dive into a little bit why why the former Cal football player is there. So while you were here, um, as I guess at the end of my first year, um, you kind of decided to part ways with football. Yeah. Uh, can you dive into that decision a little bit? What factors went into it? Yeah, so, I mean, I just grew up my whole life playing sports. I was football, baseball, basketball. And, uh, yeah, I got to high school and um, ended up – I was going to do all three at the beginning of my freshman year and then um, broke my wrist at the end of football season. So um, just decided, hey, I, well, I'm not going to play basketball, so I'm going to do everything I can to get recruited for football because it's just – I was really – found I was really good at it in, in high school. So, um yeah, I ended up doing a lot of seven-on-seven seven camps and everything and uh, getting my name out there, everything you have to do to get re recruited in the 21st century. And, um, yeah, just ended up choosing Cal over Duke. Um, those are my two main schools. And then, uh, yeah, got here, played for a year, and just – I don't know, I was um, – I just kind of lost a love for the game. I was just – I don't know, I would – realized it just wasn't for me and you know I, I realized I wasn't as good as I you know had originally thought I was so um yeah I, I wasn't I realized the NFL was not the the path for me so uh decided to give it up and really and my grades were just not too good when I was on the football team as well so wanted to really hone in and really get my degree and um and also yeah just find other passions that I had going on at that time and not just be stuck to doing one thing um, that I didn't truly love. So, uh, yeah, I decided to, to give up a full-hard scholarship, which was very, very hard for me to do. Um, but, yeah, it was the best, absolute best thing that happened to um, my college experience. And um, But, yeah, I absolutely love my, my time on the team and the people that I met. And, um, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't regret anything. Yeah, because uh, I remember when I first moved in um, – for those people that are listening that don't know, I graduated high school a semester early. Uh, so Austin's actually in the class above me, but uh, kind of had a vacancy when I got to college. Oh, yes. So I moved in with him. And I remember um, there were certain times like 
like pretty pretty early on where like you know Austin would be having sometimes a rough time like grappling with the idea of parting ways with football and I mean more importantly parting ways with the scholarship I think um, and the change that I saw and a lot of our other teammates saw um, after Austin decided to to stop playing and focus his energy elsewhere um, for Austin I think it was you know the right decision happy gentleman very happy right now and yeah. and uh, you could tell some of that love was definitely lost yeah and that's another thing I want to address is uh, my mental health during that time was absolutely I, you know I really really struggled and I kept a lot of that in is just you know grinding every single day for something that I just did not realize was not for me. I didn't love anymore. And I felt like I was kind of stuck because I was on scholarship and I didn't want to disappoint my parents because I had worked so hard to have them not pay for college. And that was really, really hard to, I mean, and they were absolutely so supportive for me giving up um, the game and everything and focusing on school. But yeah, I really, really struggled um, during that time mentally to just kind of and it's a transition for everyone coming into college, and um, especially when you're a student athlete, it's really, really difficult. So, um, yeah, and then once I decided to leave the sport, um, you know, I got really, really, you know, happy mentally, and I was just in a really, really yeah. good place. As I didn't feel I was on the team, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I don't think people realize it's the dream for so many people to play sports either in college and professionally and, like, it's really, it's like a very difficult thing to do. Um, you guys have heard me talk before about the transition um, with other guests on this show and how difficult that can be. But like, it really mentally starts to weigh on a lot of people. Um, and ultimately it's just, it's really not for everybody. And you're seeing a greater push. More needs to be done, um, I think, amongst the NCAA in terms of supporting mental health, but there's definitely been a big push um, at Cal and in the Pac-12 over the last couple of years to to address some of the, the mental health detriments that college athletics can have. Um, totally. But, you know, at the same time, like Austin's saying, you form these amazing friendships. Like anything, there's ups and downs, and like anything, it's not for everybody. Yeah. So what was that initially like when you're not on the team anymore you have, I'm sure, so much more free time on your hands yeah. every day. What did, what did you do to kind of fill up that time initially? Yeah, it was the, definitely the hardest time of my life. Um, you realize kind of who your true friends are when you come away from the team. And, you know, you're not forced to hang around 120 guys all the time. And so you really realize, okay, now I have to make an effort to reach out to people if I want to see people, um, talk to them, or, you know, just have them in your life. So it was really, really difficult. I spent a lot of nights just calling my parents and trying to get through this time because I just I wasn't able to see everyone or be surrounded by people the way I, you know I used to and I didn't feel as comfortable to you know reach out to people um, the same way I was but I mean there were so many great guys on the team that I had built connections with that I was able to you know talk to and get through this time and everything and um, yeah but it was not not easy at all and um, yeah so it was it was a transition for sure and everyone goes through that when they are forced to give up their sport or end up doing um end up giving it up because it's just you know it's hard you know when you have so much structure in your life all the time and then you just got nothing now it's just all you you gotta just plan Figure your day out, out and yeah. do it on your own but people have to come to that tournament and like 
you know, four years later when they have to give up their sport anyway. So I just feel like I did the process a little earlier, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I also want to address, before we dive into what you did discover that you really liked doing, mm-hmm. um, I want to address your, because you mentioned when you were on the team, your grades weren't that great, and it gave you some more time to focus on school. Yeah. Because um, I remember I ran into you uh, at some point, probably about a year ago. Yeah. And you were like, telling me about how you you were doing all this stuff from your class and about how I think you were reading Marx and you're telling me. Oh, how, good, how, good old Karl Marx. If you have a chance to read him, please don't. Um, I mean, he's he's got a lot of stu- important stuff to say, but um, I just wrote probably 15 papers on him. So yeah, so just uh, over it. You know? <laughs> Austin was but Austin was reading Marx for his class and he was like telling me how he was going to the library like every day and spending yeah. a lot of time in there and like doing all of his readings <laughs> and enjoying like learning about all the stuff yeah. that like within his classes and like probably a, a couple years before I ran into him at that point we were roommates and like school was the least of Austin's worries oh my like, god yeah homework reading whatever it just wasn't really on the agenda for him and I was kind of like taken aback <laughs> in a way like man that's that's a big change but like at the same time was also really happy to hear it because like there is so much to learn especially at an institution uh like uc berkeley so um how did you how did you kind of get more into school was it just like you have more free time and need to fill it or like you just paid attention more what what was the switch in your brain mentally that that made you want to learn more and be more of a scholar i think it's a few things it's one you have to i i mean i had a after my first semester, I had a 1.7 GPA because I took physics C10, college writing R1A, and math 10. So probably three of the four top hardest classes I've ever taken at Cal through my experience. Um, and yeah, and I was like, okay, if I want to stay here, if I want to, you know, compete at this institution, you got to grind the same way that you put into football or you're not going to be here. So um, yeah, I just spent a lot. I just really started to enjoy learning and just becoming a smarter person, I guess, because I just... <laughs> had never really cared about school them. I would go through the motions and, you know, I knew a lot of my teachers in high school, so they would kind of work with me the same, but that doesn't happen here at this institution. No, you got to do it on your own. And, you know, I really, I don't know. And I also found a true love for sociology, you know, the studies of how humans communicate with each other and um, just learning how humans behave. So, um, and that really helped me with my next step that we'll probably talk about soon. But uh, yeah, so I just truly love to, to learn by the end of like my last semester I was I swear I was just leading like lectures in my final semester in one of my classes um about political economy in for sociology and I'm like what have I become I'm just like (laughs) this is this institution has changed me for so much for the better because I would and also I mean you're if you played college sports everyone every athlete knows that you're exhausted when you show up to class um, and that's, stay awake. <laughs> that is the time where you relax, you know, when you're off the field and, um, that's, that's your time to just kind of let your mind wander as opposed to learn about Karl Marx and, uh, you know, Michael Foucault or whoever, uh, whoever you're learning about. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I do want to ask, um, cause even though, cause you didn't mention you, it's like you're grinding the same way Yeah, as like, you have to throw yourself in right. the same way. So have you found that even though football itself became something that you didn't love showing up to do every day, mm-hmm. have you found like 
a lot of the skills transferable that you were learning in this really structured, like almost military-like environment? Totally. Like, no, I don't regret anything that football taught me. It's absolutely phenomenal. And that's why so many companies hire Division One athletes, Division One football players. They love that on, on the resume because they're just like, these people know how to work. They're, and I've got taught so much by our strength and conditioning team at, uh, at Cal and uh, by all the guys that this is how you have to work if you want to survive, if you want to compete in this, you know, institution with all these amazing people. So, um, yeah, I absolutely love the experiences Cal football taught me. I don't regret it one single bit. It taught me, you know, who to become the man I am today and um, really allowed myself to, you know, this is how you have to carry yourself in the classroom as well or whatever job you're going into. It's the same way you're doing wind sprints on the football field. So, um, in that regard, do you feel like you almost have an advantage to some people? A hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, in acting, which I threw myself into after, um, giving up football, you know, you have to uh, sometimes do like pages and pages for the, uh, these auditions you have to memorize. So you, if you're not fully prepared when you go into an audition, you know, have it in the back of your brain and like, you have no chance. No, no, you're, you can't cause you'll go into these casting rooms and they'll, the casting director will be like, okay we kind of want you to switch it up a little bit. And if you're not, you don't have these lines completely memorized that you spent six hours just beating them down, then you can't be as relaxed as possible when you go into an acting room, which is pretty much a big part of acting is just being able to relax and just, you know, have flexibility. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's what you discovered you love doing after football. Oh, yeah, sorry to How, jump Yeah, no, it's totally, I mean, I mentioned, I introduced you as an actor. So, oh, yeah. Um, how, how'd you, like, how'd you even get introduced to acting? Because, yeah. like you were saying, growing up, you were doing three different sports. Yeah. And, like, I'm sure acting was never even on the radar um, going, yeah. through, going through school. It, who kind of, like, helped introduce you to acting and... When did you kind of discover that this might be something you can do or at least take a shot at? I, I guess fifth grade, I did this play. I can't even remember what it's called, but I was like the king for this play. And <laughs> I just absolutely loved it. I was in the – I was – oh, my God. It was so much fun to learn these lines and dive into a character that you're not um, in real life just to kind of be someone different and um, do everything you can. And, um, yeah, I just absolutely love – that play in fifth grade, I remember that in my mind. And whenever I obviously couldn't do any theater um, throughout high school or anything. I mean, I probably could have. I want to do like a Troy Bolton thing, but uh, you know that might <laughs> be a little aggressive for my high school football coach. So yeah, once I gave up football, I was like, you know what? I absolutely love acting. I want to be an actor. I've always had a dream about it. Um, always watched these. So absolutely. You, oh, sorry. Bad. Um, you just like. The there was no opportunity that kind of presented itself that got you into it. You were nope. just like, I want to go out and try to do this. Yeah, I've always had a dream about it. I love watching classic movies with my parents my whole life. Um, yeah, um, and I just this is a, a dream of mine. And like, why not go after it, man? Like, I just it's this is the time. You're 20 years old. Like, I don't have um, football to take up 90 percent of my time anymore. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go after it and see what happens. So yeah, that's that's what I did. What what entailed going after it? Um, so I reached out to a girl, like the only girl I knew who was in acting or modeling from high school. Um, and I was like, hey, this is my situation. I just gave up football, and 
I absolutely love acting. I love everything that it stands for, and I just I would love to get into the industry, but I have not a clue how to do it because I've just like been a football <laughs> player my whole life. So like I was wondering if you could help me a little bit and kind of I don't know, just give me some guidance. So she uh, she set me up with or just gave me the contact info for her agency Nilo in um, Emeryville. So uh, I just sent them an email and was like I told them everything that I told her, and they brought me in for. Um, potential representation and I did this short little monologue for them and they liked me and they signed me on the spot and um, yeah that was it and then they started to get me auditions and everything and uh, yeah just went from there so um, yeah my first audition um, or not my first audition but my first thing I got booked for was a Mercedes commercial where um, I just kind of got out of a car and I don't know, <laughs> smiled in the camera pretty lightly. So once I did that and I was on set for eight hours, I was like, oh, man, this is too fun. And they're like, and you get paid for it? Like, this is too easy. I yeah. love it, man. What was, that, what was that experience like the first time on set? Was it intimidating? Like, what are, describe that a little bit. Um, the Mercedes commercial wasn't. But um, for my first big role, I – well, so I got um, an audition for Jock Number 2 on 13 Reasons Why, the Netflix show, um, in the second season. So I was, like, in the third episode. I was going to be jock number two, and I did the audition, and all I had to say was, quiet, freaks, just yelling at these nerds across the table um, for the episode. So, um, yeah, production like or the casting director liked what I did. They ended up giving me the role, went on, did that uh, did that um, scene, and uh, it was it was pretty scary. Uh, well, not scary, what, but just... What was, like, scary about it or intimidating about it? Well, I had watched the first season. I just saw all these people like, this that is a I big know. show. Like, I know what this is. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I had one line, so I shouldn't couldn't be intimidated about that but I just saw everyone that I was used to and I was like hey how's it going I was just kind of chopping it up with them and just learning I don't know just talking about not coming on too strong or anything but just you know talking and everything so I did my one line thought it was over and got reached out to about four months later and they're like production's like hey we heard you can play football um we need a quarterback on the show would you be willing to do that and um it was like yeah totally so I ended up working with a lot of the cast and um yeah, so I did the football scene where I had to throw like a fifty-yard touchdown. It was first of all the the scene that they chose for the end end for the end cut was probably the worst throw I've ever done in my life. It was wobbling in the air. It would have got picked if it was Cal football. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did that and then thought it was over. And then production reached out to me um, about a month later once season two came out, and they're like, "Hey, we love what you did. Um, we want to write you a character. Like, you want to be Luke Holiday? You want to be? This is probably." kind of your storyline for season three. Um, well, first of all, I had to audition for it, so I did a big monologue for them, um, for the casting director, and yeah, they liked what I did, and they ended up signing me as a reoccurring guest star for season three, so I was in 11 of the 13 episodes for season three, which is coming out August 23rd, and yeah, I just kind of, I skipped over a lot of important details or whatever, but that's just kind of the gist of yeah, we'll my get, experience. Yeah, we'll get into some more of the details, but yeah. um, before we do, what kind of gigs were you doing prior to... Like between the Mercedes commercial to when you first got oh when you first yelled "Quiet freaks," what kind of things were you doing? Oh man, you just got to do a lot of different gigs to get into the industry, and because I, I didn't know anything at that time, so I did this background role for Ballers, the HBO show, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Right in the beginning, they paid me like I don't know, 150 bucks or whatever, and big time. I just had to pretend to be on a laptop talking to this girl and Dwayne the Rock Johnson had to walk by me and um, kind of bump into me or whatever but uh, yeah that was that was <laughs> I think the first thing I remember and just being around that was probably actually to this day the most intimidated I've been is just being around that dude Dwayne the Rock even though I've 
Because that was a background. They For one, he looks film, intimidating. And yeah. then for two, he's like a huge Film, they treat the style. background very, uh, not poorly, but just they kind of herd you around like sheep, similar to if you're on scout team for <laughs> Cal fo- or any football team, Division One, because they're trying to get all the starters ready, which totally makes sense. But, uh, yeah, so that was my first experience. And then I just did modeling things here and there. Like I did like a – I'm modeling for just my left calf for this, like, big billboard in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. For those of you curious, Austin's got the best left calf I've ever seen. In the country, I've heard. uh, If not the world. Yeah, they didn't care about the right one. There's just the left one. So I sat on a table for five hours, and then, yeah, they just took pictures of my left calf. And that's when I realized, you know what, I love acting, not modeling. So, I mean, I'll do modeling things here and there, but acting is really my passion, what I want, (laughs) what I love about this. So... What is it about acting that makes you love it so much? I don't know. Just, I guess, throwing yourself into a different character and being able to, I don't know, look deeply into who this person is and why they became who they are. And, um, I don't know, just kind of getting out of, out of side yourself, too. I, it, you know, it helps a lot mentally and just being able to throw yourself into someone else and, um, you know, actually, the character is a lot like myself on 13 Reasons Why that they wrote for me. So it actually was super perfect. And, um, um, yeah, just to be able to, to do that, it's really – I think it's really important. So there's probably a lot about the character then when you're preparing for it that's like you sort of know but no one else really knows. And yeah. that, like, helps you develop the whole thing. Yeah, totally. What, what – like – I don't know, do you have any, I know this is still, you haven't been acting for that long. No, like, no, I'm still, I was just talking. What about kind that. of like processes do you use to try to become a different person? Um, for acting techniques specifically, just kind of, I don't know, just to be, become the best actor possible, it's just mainly just being as relaxed as absolutely possible. I worked with um, my acting coach who's worked with, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Toby McGuire, a bunch of big time guys. And a big thing he told me is just act like your mom's in the room. Like she can sense all your, um, your BS and just, she, just act as though she's watching you and just be as relaxed and loose as possible. Cause she's going to know everything if you're trying to fake it or act like someone you're not. So, um, yeah. So just throw that into every character that you do is just, I don't know, know that she's watching you. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes she is. I, was, I brought my mom on set a few times, and it was funny. That's funny. <laughs> um, so your first time on 13 Reasons Why, Yeah. you just think you're some – you think you're jock number two. I was I, jock number two. On you the were jock number two. <laughs> but did you at any point really think that it would evolve into more than that, or were you kind of surprised? I wasn't surprised because I believed in myself, and I was like, I'm going to – I'm going to be the best person on this set today. I don't care who's here. Um, I don't care who I just met. I don't care where they've been. Like, I'm going to – And, that, to and me, that's – Yeah. Like, that's football. That is 100% football. It's – it's. I'm going to – for Kerhan, he's going against a D lineman, and I'm going to knock you out right now, and I'm going to be the best person on this field. So, um, it's, the, it's the exact same mentality, except you can't be as – You know, you have to right. just you gotta relax be and yeah. just loose. But I'm – I got that hunger inside me too. So, I was – I wasn't surprised that they were like, okay, we want to write you a character now. But I was like, yeah, let's let's go. I'm excited for this. Um, I don't want to be jock number two. I want to be, you know, I want to be a character. Let's do it. I, I can. I feel like I can bring a lot to the table that they didn't have before. So, 
So earlier when you were talking about like the overview of the process, you said there were kind of a lot of details you skipped over um, yeah. to getting to the point you are with, mm -hmm. with, you know, being a recurring guest star on the show. Yeah. Um, what, what are some of those important details and, and what'd you really learn about the whole acting or like industry? Because uh, yeah, like you said, you're still very new and learning yeah. every single day you go in, but um, that's kind of, I mean, being a recurring destiny, that's a pretty big deal. Totally. And yeah. um, I'm sure you have to go through a lot of processes that you didn't have to go through otherwise. And I'm oh, sure yeah. you, you learned a lot about the industry. So no, I was, those insights? I was the only um, role that they just wrote on that they didn't cast for in New York or LA or some of the big boys that, you know, just having a character that they need to cast for. They're just, they just saw me and they're like, okay, we got to. We got to write you in some way. So a big thing I learned about just being on set and just talking to all these actors is, um, you know, it's, it sounds very simple, but just be nice to literally everyone you meet and just don't be, don't think you're better than anyone. Don't think you're just because you're on, you have a character, you be nice to every single person that's on that set from the camera crew to the makeup people to the background people um, because that's exactly what helped me further my career is our um, head hair guy, you know, it was three in the morning. We had just finished a football scene for season two. And um, yeah, so I came back. I didn't want to come back and get my hair cut because I guess I was going to be on set the next day. And um, yeah, I was talking to our hair guy and he, I had always been nice to him every time I've been on set and just asked him about his life and his kids and everything. And um, there was a manager on set there that had worked with Tim Granderos. Um, that was his manager. And um, he kind of introduced me to him and we started talking and everything. And um, yeah, so the manager was like, I love what you did on set today and I would absolutely love to work with you. So, um, and that was just from being nice to DC, our hair guy, and just, you know, allowing him to connect me. And um, so, yeah, that's, and then he's my manager in LA and he gets me all these auditions now. So um, yeah, that's, I would say just be as nice as possible and don't act like you're better than anyone on that set. So yeah. What else? Um yeah, because that's, that's an interaction. Like, you're saying this is something you learned from the other actors on the set. Mm -hmm. So, what was it, were you, was it nerve-wracking to initially interact with these actors? I know you mentioned earlier you didn't want to, like, be overbearing. Yeah. But um, what was it like to kind of get into the community of cast members? And um, what other tidbits of information have you learned from them that have helped you along? Um, yeah, just... Don't try to, I don't know, just, just talk to them about, they're normal people, so just talk to them about normal stuff. And what I'm sure it's, are, it's almost so. like refreshing, too, to be treated like normal people if you're them, because I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You don't want autographs, like just pictures? No, just want to hang out and play Mario Kart with them or, like, talk about, I don't know, food they're eating or whatever, go to the movies. Like, that's how you build connections with people, and then you can, after, you know, getting to know them and everything, then you can feel like you can ask for favors about, you know, uh, agents or whatever. You so know. were you even really asking for tips initially or you were just getting to know them first and then the more you got to know these people, they would help help you with just tips of navigating the industry? Yeah, I mean, I would just ask them here and there, like, oh no, we would go out and I would ask them, you know, what really got you to this point? They're just like, you know, be, you're absolutely killing it that you've been in this for a year and a half and you already have this role and the third watch show in the world. And he's just like, yeah, Tim Granderos, he helped me a lot, who plays Monty in the show. And he's just like, be patient, man, because it's really, 
acting is a lot of waiting and just kind of a lot of downtime, you know? It's a, it's it's a it's tough like, industry. Yeah. And just on set, I mean, 95% of the time, you're just kind of um, talking backstage with all these people and getting to know them. And then, then your time comes and you're on set. So just be as, you know, enjoy the downtime and um, just getting to know everyone. But uh, yeah, don't force anything because you can't, you know, it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to do that. Just, you know, allow things to come to you, I guess, naturally. So season three comes out when? August 23rd on Netflix. August 23rd. Yes. Um, and have you really, so you were there, you acted in it, you're in 11 of 13 episodes. Yes. Have you really watched yourself much? or I haven't seen anything up to this point. It hasn't came out yet. So, so, so you're excited to like actually be watching the show and like. Yeah, I'm going to critique my acting too. Like, because I just saw two scenes I was in for season two is the quiet freak scene and then my trash football throw I did in episode 11 but I didn't really have anything else to base off of too and um yeah so I can't wait to watch myself on screen I guess and see you know if I I don't know just see what's going on I'm excited and I'm excited to see um you know Luke's character and how everything unfolds and everything um uh, with his uh, with his role in the show, so uh, yeah, can't can't wait to watch it. Have you been recognized ever? I know you haven't been in that many episodes, but is anyone like I have actually? Yeah, Stagecoach and uh, Maui. I, they're like, you're the Quiet Freaks kid, and I was like, ah, and they're like, do it for me. I'm like, I'm not a puppet, so That's I don't right. know. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I'm compared to the other guys on the show, I'm very, I guess, recognizable just because I'm like 10 inches taller than everyone on the show so um yeah so I, i've been recognized a few times but nothing nothing crazy up to this point <laughs> yeah well i'm sure that's gonna increase with your with your increasing screen time yeah <laughs> guess how, so how do you feel about that aspect of it because um you're talking about how like these actors you know they, mm -hmm. at the end of the day they're normal people yeah they just want to be treated like normal people do you think it's going to be tougher and for like on you and yeah. in your life to be more recognizable or um are you yeah. in some way like kind of excited for it like how do you feel about that aspect um yeah I'm, I'm excited just to see how everyone reacts to my character and everything and um but yeah I was talking to Devin Drew who's one of my best friends on the show and he's like one of the main guys he's series regular since season one and um he was just saying like yeah I just don't go out anymore like I'm just tired of you know, I don't like people that much. And I'm like, that really just sits well with me. Like, I just, I probably won't, you know, put myself out there the same way I'm doing when I'm, you know, trying to get to that level or whatever. But, uh, yeah, because, and I just freaking love my cats, too. So I'll probably just be inside with them or hanging out with the cast a lot of the time. But, uh, or my girlfriend or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I just probably won't be as out there or go to open, like, festival. I don't know. It, we'll see what happens. But. I might selfishly like that a little bit, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, probably probably to a certain point, and then I, you'll get tired. I'll get over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, um, chill. So the other thing about being on uh, a TV show is your background is so different from mm -hmm. most of the other actors there. I'm sure. Oh my god. Because <laughs> um, a lot. I mean, a lot of these kids grew up doing, you know, probably plays and acting classes. Oh, totally. And, Theater, theater uh, people. Yeah, so the theater people are different from the quote-unquote jocks that yep. you were so used to hanging out with. Mm -hmm. um, what, 
you know, what kind of differences did you notice amongst the people um, on the cast versus like teammates? Um, and at the same time, what, what sort of similarities? I don't know. I just realized that, um, you know, there's a, yeah, there's just no ego with the cast at all. Everyone was, you know, had like 8 million followers on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Like had been very much in the spotlight for a long time. And there was just, nobody was talking about, you know, how great they are or what they've done or anything. It was just kind of just regular conversation. And everyone was just super relaxed and just great to, I mean, there might be some drama that I don't know about or whatever, but I mean. Yeah, everyone was just super, super nice, and yeah, that's the people I vibed with on the football team as well. It's just people that were, you know, nice to everyone and treated everyone that they weren't cooler or, you know, better than anyone else. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of similarities in the guys I really vibed with on the football team and, um, yeah, the guys on the show. So, just good people all around. Yeah, and um, that's something now, because you've had experience in, you know, a lot more areas than a lot of... Uh, athletes probably have had up to this point mm -hmm. um, like you've been on a football team you've done acting on multiple different sets um, you've you know like you increased your role in the classroom like, mm -hmm. you've got experience in a couple different places now is that like a trend you think you've noticed amongst like the most successful uh, people in any of those areas um like just general you know good nice people just try to maintain that you mean or like yeah like the successful like the most successful people everywhere you've been mm -hmm. is it like those are the kind of people or, yeah. or does it change a little bit yeah i mean you got to be just nice and just friendly to everyone and um, be able to get along with people but same time you got to have that hunger and you got to fight and you got to be very competitive but not show it at the same time it's it's kind of just a balance in between that I don't know, you got to use in all aspects of your life because you got to be able to socialize and get along with everyone, but at the same time, you got to be able to outwork them and, you know, want to be better than them because that's how you're going to make your name more recognizable or get more money or just whatever success means to you. So um, you got to have like a balance of the two, and that's what I found that the most successful people in both really have that strong balance because. You can't do anything alone and you can't just, you know, grind and be that competitive person all that time because you got to relate to others too, so. What does success mean to you? Oh, man. Um, well, I found probably one of, I don't know, I absolutely love my girlfriend. She's, we've been together almost three years, so to be able to provide for my family, um, to be able to, you know, provide for her, provide for my cats. I'm obsessed with my cats and my friends and um, just be able to, well, yeah, put yourself in a position where you have the funds to be able to, you know, go somewhere or, you know, do nice things for them. And, um, but also just being, I don't know, being happy as well. Um, that's probably the main thing is just being in a position where you're content with your life and, um, yeah, the best, the best person you can be as opposed to if you're grinding, doing something you don't love or whatever. So, yeah, just being content where you're at, I guess. So by that definition, you're, you know, you feel pretty successful right now. Right now, yeah, but I'm trying to get better every day and trying to get to the point where I'm, because I'm right on the cusp of the series regular, so I want to be right. You want to be I want to be a series regular, yeah. or I'm on hold for an HBO show right now about the, the Showtime Lakers, so I really want to beat out those other three guys that I'm competing for it right now with, so, I mean... 
yeah, so I want to I want to keep getting better every day. But right now I'm very very happy, you know, and content with how everything's going. So yeah, speaking of um, like trying to be on this road to become a series regular, mm-hmm. um, the show is you guys are soon to be filming season four. Oh yes, two um, weeks. So you've been renewed for a season four mm-hmm. and. Luke Holiday is back. He is, yeah. Hopefully he's not suspended because of the whole... Cause I, okay, so I do get caught for steroids in season three. You'll find out when you watch the show or whatever. But uh, spoiler, yeah. I'll have to put a spoiler alert. Ah, uh, happens. Here. Yes. So um, this will be out after one of the, the last show, scenes. I, yeah, one of the last scenes I was getting uh, talked to by the police in the station, and they're like, "Who'd you buy from? What'd you do?" And so hopefully I'm not kicked off the team or anything at this point, and I, I can rerun my football days again and or whatever so yeah hopefully or hopefully they don't kill me off before I can really dive into Luke Holiday and see why the reasons he took steroids because that's another thing like it really related to the lot of guys that I you know had met him through football is trying to you know Luke felt like he had to take steroids to be you know the strong jock and maintain that image so yeah so um yeah, but you don't have to, and you don't have to be that person. So, uh, I think that's really important about Luke. Yeah, that's super cool to hear you talk about the character and, and wanting to get uh, into it more. Um, so, I want to transition now a little bit about what the show what the show is about and talks about and represents. Because after season one came out. 13 Reasons Why was in the news a lot. Oh, yes. Um, Big time. Because it was, you know, generally pretty controversial. Um, For those of you who haven't heard of the show or don't know what the show is, Austin can probably tell you better than I can, but for me, like, it's kids in high school and all, like, the different issues that people could be dealing with put into Mm -hmm. one place. Suicide. Yeah. um, Sexual assault. Drugs. Rape. Everything. Steroids. Steroids. yeah. Yeah. Like drugs, <laughs> everything you hear about, you're warned about that you don't always see. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's about it's about that. Totally. And there were a lot of controversial moments um, when it first came out, and there was a lot of backlash against the uh, against the show because you know it was so accessible for kids to watch, and there was arguments that it was glorifying bad behavior. Um, but on the other flip side of it, there's also you know, these are issues that we don't talk about enough and people think they need to be talked about and that's why the show was so graphic with a lot of stuff. Um, what, are you, what are your stances on the, the social issues and social yeah. positions that the show takes? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it just brings up so many important issues that just can't be glossed over and can't be sugarcoated and need to be addressed because this is what actually goes down in these schools and... Um, yeah, it's people really, really struggle with mental health and, you know, especially with this new social media age is people just put out the best impressions of themselves all the time and um, that's all that everyone sees and that really gets to a lot of people. And so, yeah, just being able to show that that stuff is out there and you're not alone and um, if you ever need to reach out to anyone that there's people there for you and, you know, you're not the only one dealing with any of these issues. So, Yeah. I would, that's that's probably what I would say for that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, in your opinion, it's you know it's it's a good thing that the show's out there and it's necessary to talk about this mm-hmm. stuff. 
Do you think, and I know, you know, you don't really want to bite the hand that, that feeds you that's paying yeah. you. Facts. Do you think that some of the ways they show things could be done in a less graphic way? Because that's because um, I, I don't know that there's that many people out there that are actually disputing that a lot of these are real issues and, and yeah. need to be talked about. I'm sure there are people out there that think that, but yeah. I, I don't know that there's that many people. I think the contention comes in how graphic the imagery is. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that's been. I mean, it's in so many other shows as well. Like Game of Thrones is. There's so much graphic stuff that you see and everything. And I don't know. I guess you just kind of decide to choose if you want to people people watch yeah. it or not. Like I, I personally didn't watch the suicide scene at the end of season one. I watched everything besides that. It was just, I don't know, not something that I felt like I needed to see. I knew what happened, but I don't know. I, I, it's it's really really difficult, but. I, um, I feel like it's very important to see, you know, this is what actually occurs and what can occur um, if you don't, re- you know, reach out. or. And it's it, so hard to draw the lines, too. Yeah, like, Because, you know, it's something we need to be talking about this stuff as a society. Yeah. And this show is providing a platform to talk about. It. Totally. And it's got to be so hard for the producers and creators and showrunners to figure out what do we need to show yeah. to, to take a stance, to make commentary and, and what can be left out. And, um, you know, like anyone else, they're human and maybe they'll overstep their bounds sometimes. Maybe sure. they won't do enough, but you know, it's any of these people who are criticizing it, if they're put in the position to decide what's to be shown, mm-hmm. they're going to get criticized just as much. Oh yeah. It's not, I mean, it's kind of a, lose-lose situation I guess they just production just decided to take off the um, suicide scene for season one off all platforms just because they were getting so much backlash but uh yeah it's just it's it's a really hard situation but um I think it also is very important to to show these things you know I it might have been a little too graphic or whatever but uh you know I just want people to know that it is it is real and it's out there and um yeah people struggle really really they, they struggle a lot and um, but you're not the only one struggling and I just feel like it's really important to to know that um, you know it's not yeah I, I don't know it's 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 a hard conversation to have I mean I was just having a conversation with a lot of the guys on the show and they've you know they're having a hard time you know talking about it because it's they've you know, put a stance on it for so many years through any interviews that they've had. Um, this is what it is. And now they take it off and, um, yeah, but I mean, it could go either way. I mean, I guess you just decide if you really want to watch the graphicness of that scene or if not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so what, what I know you briefly mentioned, uh, you are close to getting, um, a, what, what, what's the term for an actual cast member? Series regular. Right, yeah. series regular. You're close to getting a series regular role mm-hmm. um, on an HBO show. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you currently have in the works that you can tell us about? Um, so I'm in the talks with an agency right now in L.A. It's one of the bigger ones. So once I get that, hopefully they'll start getting me, you know, new auditions and throwing me out there and everything. But, it's you know, it's, it's hard to get auditions in general. I just, I guess, auditioned for, uh, um, oh, what was it? 
Power Rangers that films in uh, New Zealand all next year. So I don't think I'd be down to get that and be away from my cats and my family for that long. But <laughs> I don't know. It's you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Like my buddy just. I mean, got at, back at from, the same time, if you're in a, you know, that's a major motion picture. Like it's on Nickelodeon. Uh, I guess it's, it's the show. It's not. Yeah. The movie. Okay. Problem is, I wouldn't be recognizable because I'd be have a helmet on me the whole time. If but, you could be a Power Ranger, what yeah. color would you be? Yellow, because it's sunshine and just happy, I guess. The happy More. Power Rangers. I don't know. If, I've never seen Power Rangers at all, but, yeah, I, I mean, if I get that, I I don't know if I'll get that. But, I mean, I tried really hard in the auditions. So, yeah. I mean, you got to treat every audition like it's a new HBO show or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so those are probably the three things I got going on right now. Awesome. Um, how does the process, like, what did, you mentioned you first got your – Agent in Emeryville. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do the agents do for people? Because and, and people at home might not have the greatest insight into the industry itself. What is the agent's job for you? Just do pretty much all the dirty work. Just go out there and grind for you and um, get get calls with casting directors and let them know who their clients are to get them the best auditions possible. So so it's mainly just getting you auditions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is the agent are agents also lawyers generally? Like, do they negotiate contracts? And- oh yeah, that's what one of my agents doing right now for season four. So, uh, yeah, so they're they're just doing all the work, the hard work for you, so you can just go on set and do your job. So, um, so, and then they take about a ten percent cut or whatever. So, or whatever, which they totally to. should should take because they Nicole and Olivia grind so hard for me. So, and Paul, my manager. So, Shout yeah, out Nicole, Olivia, and Paul, and Paul, Paul Kim. Great gentleman. Love him. Uh, all right, Austin. So we're at the point in the show where we're going to dive into our final three. Oh, yay. All right. So um, what's one thing that you've read, watched, or listened to lately that you think the audience should check out? Oh, my God. Black Klansman. Amazing film. Please watch it. It's so, so important. Um, Spike Lee does such an amazing job directing and um yeah, it's just, it's about, um, you know, the KKK and the rise of it in the 60s and um, the struggle for this young black cop to, you know, um, thrive in that society because he was like the first of, um, first black black guy to become a cop So um, during that time. So. In, in that area. Right? Yeah, so yeah. really, really good, really funny as well. Um, highly, highly recommended. It's, yeah, it's a gem. Um, while you were talking about that, I just had a quick question. Does have you changed the way that you watch TV and movies now? Yeah. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, it's it's similar to the way that you would watch football differently. Like, I don't, if you're playing all the time, but you're just critiquing their acting. I don't know. I watched this. Can't just sit back and enjoy it. No, I watched this movie on Netflix the other day, and the acting was so cringe. I'm just like. This is there's no chemistry between these people at all, so it's really hard for me to watch. So, I don't know. It makes me just appreciate good movies and good acting a lot more because it's like, wow, he's he knows all these lines. They're not cutting this at all. This is like real, and he's just and yeah. So it really makes you appreciate a lot more what these actors are actually doing. Awesome. And also know that they're freaking on set for yeah probably ten hours and a lot of the scenes. If you see any dark scenes in any movies, like it's dark out. It's, it's probably three in the morning and they have no food and they're exhausted. And so really appreciate scenes when it's dark out because 
it's probably very, very late, and they want to go home. So, <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will make a note to be more appreciative of dark scenes. Yes, um, of course. So, who or what was your biggest help to figuring out your passion and acting on it? My biggest help or inspiration? Probably my mom. I would say my mom, just because talk to her every day on the phone and um, or in person and. Yeah, she's always just been so supportive of me and had always had a dream about being an actor, too. So she just thinks it's the coolest thing ever. So she's given me all the support in the world. Even when I graduate from Berkeley, I'm trying to find, you know, the next step in my life. And she's like, just go after it and just enjoy this ride and keep keep the momentum, you know. And she's like, I, I don't know, just encouraging me in everything I do. And yeah, she's definitely my biggest supporter, momentor. Awesome. I don't know if my mentor's so cool. a word. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not it is your <laughs> graduate. Yes. <laughs> I've never used that on paper, so it's uh, um, Very last question. What is right now your current goal? Oh, man. My current goal. I want to book a uh, – obviously, yeah, I want to book a series regular role on either Netflix or HBO, one of these two. And, um, yeah, I want to – keep getting my name out there and yeah I want to have the opportunity to to be a series rather because I'm a, a reoccurring guest star role which is right below that right now and just be able to be on set every day as opposed to you know eight times a month or whatever so yeah I, w- I would love to get that and then um yeah see where my career takes me but uh yeah just land a land one of those roles would be phenomenal all right awesome <laughs> well it was it was great um Catching up with you, like I said, former roommates. Yay! Um, up in the old foothill. I don't know how we both fit in the same room. Yeah, in a foothill dorm. But um, shout out foothill. Yeah, shout out late Great night. Great late night yeah. mac and cheese, mashed potatoes. Um, but I, I mean, I wish you the best of luck and have total confidence that you're gonna land one of these two series regulars and yeah. uh, just continue to build momentum and uh, make a career out of it. And you know. Yeah. As someone that knew you while you were playing football and knowing you after, um, I'm glad that you made the decision that's right for you and, yeah. and that you're killing it in something that you really love to do. And also just another goal, like that's kind of subjective, just, I don't know, landing a role or whatever, but just be as happy as possible in this point in my life and always and, and maintain being yeah. nice to people. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what you're doing, mm-hmm. which you weren't necessarily doing all the time no. when I when we first started getting getting to know each other. Yeah. All right, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Go Bears. Go Bears. I'm so happy for Austin and the fact that he's been able to to really straighten out what was going on in his head after quitting football and, and find something that makes him happy. Um, I know you can tell he's just such a fun-loving, life-loving individual. That little comment at the end there about his goal being to be the happiest that he can at this point in his life that's just awesome stuff and I think we all forget sometimes that that should really be our goal at all points Um, thanks for listening and I have one last episode of So Stignatious for you tomorrow stay tuned, stay stignatious